With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today joining me for episode 90 of the podcast is Matt Collins of Over the Monster. Uh, Matt, welcome back. Thank you. So, um, all is not as well in Red Sox Nation as uh, it has been for most of the year. The and sky is falling. This, yeah, the sky is falling. Uh, I'm sure people are letting you know that the sky is falling on Twitter, um, so that's been happening. I had, I had like 50 people coming to work today like actually freaking out and i was kind of like i was like thinking to myself like i didn't think these people were like real <laughs> i thought these were like robots on the internet <laughs> yeah it seems like it i mean I, I guess it's so strange because this is the first time the Sox have lost three straight since april april 21st yeah. through the 24th um so yeah this is unprecedented for this team we've had more uh winning streaks uh, this year of, you know, six-plus games, it seems like, than losing even a couple in a row. So this is this is weird. So um, let's talk the public off the ledge, Matt. Why is this not really such a big deal? Um, because they're 49 games over 500, and they're leading the division by eight games. Um, I mean, I kind of wrote about it today, and it's – hard to really say why it's not a big deal without sounding like you're kind of like a condescending douche you know what I mean <laughs> like I, I try not to talk down to people but at the same time it's just like have you watched 
a season of baseball before. Like, this is how it works. Sometimes teams go through bad stretches. Uh, I mean, I think last year's Dodgers are probably the best example. They were, like, the greatest team of all time for the first four months or whatever. And then they struggled pretty badly for an extended period of time down the stretch. And then they made the World Series. So it's just... You never really know how these things are going to go. Um, I get that 2011 isn't that far away, but, like, let's wait. Let's wait until we start talking about that awful, awful time. Yeah, I don't think you can go there after uh, a three-gamer like this. That's, uh, you know, in, in until a skid gets to, like, six games, I'm not really that concerned about it. Obviously, I'm very uncomfortable with the whole thing. Like, Yeah, it's uh, like... It, winning is better than losing. Right, like right. that's always the case. So, like it's obviously not good that it's happening, but it's it's ultimately it's just a couple losses. And I mean, it feels like it feels like the Astros series at towards the beginning of the year, which is kind of a long time ago now. But it was the same thing where they lost the first two games, and everyone was saying this team can't beat real contenders. They're screwed. And then they won the next two. And it kind of feels like nobody ever talks about the fact that they split that series. And they didn't have Mookie for that series either, which is a big deal. But I kind of get the same feeling. I think a lot of people are probably going to be listening to this after tonight's game. So I don't know what happened yet. But if they win tonight, it's like I really hope that people will just like chill out. I think they're going to win tonight. I mean, the pitching matchup isn't great so i don't know if i would predict a win but brian johnson's been solid though brian johnson will keep you in a game i think that uh you know this team has been feels like jose ramirez is uh due for a game eh. he's been pretty bad this series maybe but you could say the exact same thing about mookie oh for sure i yeah. listen i it's like a it's 50 50 game i don't know yeah i mean carrasco hasn't been carrasco this year either so he's been really good lately man you know what? I'm not worried about it. The Red Sox are at home. I feel good I, about it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they won, and I wouldn't be shocked if they lost, just like every other individual baseball game that's ever been played. Do you uh, know who the, the team is that they uh, dropped uh, uh, two out of three to during that other three-game losing yeah, Oakland. Streak? That's when they got no hit, right? Yep. It was Oakland. Oakland uh, for two games, that's and it. then they dropped uh, another one to Toronto right after that. So, yeah, there's uh, – Oakland's the only, I mean, Cleveland right now, but obviously it's only been two games, but Oakland's the only, like, of the American League contenders. They're the only team that's actually, like, handled the Red Sox. Yeah, they looked really good against the Red Sox early yeah. in the year. And that was, oddly, before they started being good, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that was, uh, I remember that, because we were podcasting uh, shortly thereafter that series, and we were all kind of, like, weirded out about how good the Oakland offense was. I remember talking about that because it was like first first stretch there. I don't know if it still is, but it was a top three offense in baseball for a while. Well, now I mean the hindsight's obviously twenty twenty, but I mean I kind of see it now. It's the pitching that's like what the fuck, like yeah. Brett Anderson and Edward Jackson and Mike Fires and, like, and Cahill. <laughs> Cahill had and a Cahill. shutout the other day. It's, yeah, it's like that's not that's not fair. No, it's weird. They're doing some weird stuff over in I Oakland. Think they're, they're probably my second favorite team in baseball right now. They're fun. They're a second-half team. They always have been. You know? Yeah. Uh, Moneyball. I just watched that earlier this week. Nice. Yeah, 
the 20 game win streak was in the second half, right? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you know what? I, I want to talk about this three gamer a little bit more. I didn't feel like the Sox were like totally out of these three games though until yesterday's game. Like I thought that the Tampa Bay game, like they had a chance. I don't even remember the they, Tampa Bay game. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that memorable, but the uh, the Cleveland that one? was that Velasquez. That was the Velasquez game. Yeah, yeah and I remember. The um, the first one against Cleveland. I mean, I thought they should have won that game with uh, you know, the men that they oh, played base against Allen. Uh, and Kluber. I mean, they had yeah. Kluber on the ropes early in the game, and they didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, they haven't looked like terrible. No. Um, the starting pitching certainly could be better, but. Yeah, it's not like they lost like fifteen nothing three times in a row or anything like that. Yeah, it's uh they've they've lost without looking terrible, which is you know as as good as you can ask for. The team's gonna lose. Um, what's your what's your concern level about them still winning the division and finishing with the best record in the AL? Are you still confident they're gonna be able to do both of those things? Mm, I'm still confident they're gonna win the division. I don't know. Do you know who has the second best record? It's I assuming it's the Astros slash A's. Nope, it's the Yankees. Do they? Yep. Hmm. Yep. Yankees well, then I guess I'm pretty confident in them doing both. Yeah. I thought the yes, I thought the the West teams were better. Yeah, they're two games back of the Yankees. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Jeez, mm-hmm. man, it sucks to be the Yankees. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. But it's only eight games, and uh, they still have a lot more games to play head to head with New York. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they still have. I think Fangraphs has them at like. Oh, I just looked at this morning. They're like 92% or something to win the division, and I think BP has them even higher. So. I like it. I like it, but I've played poker before, so I know that you can be sucked out on when you've had uh, 90% odds. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as like when people talk about 2011. It's like I. I think everyone's aware that it's possible. It's just like. It's not worth the energy to worry about it right now. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna worry about it if the collapse is happening in September and. BP know. has them at 93.5. Fangraphs has them at 91.4. I'll take those odds. So it's okay by me. I want to get to Mookie though because over this last stretch here, I'm looking at his game log right now, uh, going back to the 18th, um, the second game of the Tampa series. He went 0 for 4. Next night, he went 0 for 4. Uh, first game against Cleveland, he had two hits. And then the last night, he goes 0 for 4. Um, that is by far the worst stretch that he's had all season. He's had an incredible year, obviously. But you before that, you had to go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games before the 18th uh, where he was no hit for a game. I mean that just goes to show you like how weird it is to see him go over four. Yeah, I mean I think it speaks more to how good he's been than anything else. Um, he definitely hasn't looked the same, but nobody who's in a slump looks the same. Right. That's like kind of the thing. Like the whole team is like people will say, oh, this shows the holes, and they're saying that about Mookie too, and it's like, yeah, when they lose, they look worse. Like, you're not breaking any news here. He's been more passive. I mean, I think that's one thing I've definitely noticed. He's letting more strikes go by, and he's getting deeper in the counts, and he's a good enough two-strike hitter that 
he can survive that a lot of the time, but still, he was the reason it seems like he took that step forward this year is that he's jumping on early pitches and taking advantage, and it feels like he hasn't really been doing that lately, so hopefully tonight he'll do that against Carrasco. Yeah, and, and even though August has been a little bit of a rough go for him, he has a 186 WRC plus in the month. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but no, looking bigger picture, uh, he has been a different player in the second half. He's got a 138 uh, WRC plus in the second half uh, versus 200 for the first half. Uh, his strikeout rate has gone from 11.8% in the first half to 19.5% in the second half, uh, and he's walking less too. So uh, everything has been worse, although even during this second half stretch, he's got almost a 900 OPS. So um, he's gone from basically uh, the Monstars version of a baseball player uh, to just like the best baseball player. Yeah, and I mean, this is like... He's, like, visibly looked bad. Like, even without the numbers, like, you watch him and you're like, oh, wow, he looks, like, way worse. Yeah. And so if this is what he looks like when you're saying that to yourself, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Plus, like you said, I mean, he's at 186 in August, which leads me to believe those second half numbers are mostly from the second half of July. Yeah, it's uh, June, he had a 140, uh, July, 157, so... I'm not really sure how that all averages out to 138, well, the sec- but he was probably red hot before the All Star break, and then ice cold at the end of July after the break. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yep, that's got to be it. So, I mean, either way, the team's got to get things going. Um, JD has been good still throughout this whole three gamer here, but that's uh, because he's a robot. So. <laughs> he is a robot designed to hit. Um, what's your concern with Chris Sale? Because I think. This happened after we had the podcast last week. I don't think the DL stint was announced um, before the pod last week. Was it announced, like, during? Or am I thinking something else? No, you're right. You're right. It was announced during. Yeah, I think it was, like, right at the end. And we didn't really get to talk about it. No. Yeah, so, I mean, second time that Chris Sale's gone on the DL, are you concerned? A little. Um, They haven't really made it seem too concerning, so I guess kind of like what i was saying before i don't really feel like i should get too worked up right now um but yeah i mean it's never good that he's going on the dl twice but they can afford to let him heal like all the way so that's a good thing yeah um i am this is weird so if it was any other player i think i'd be really concerned because shoulder injuries for pitchers are like pretty much the worst thing and the last thing you want to hear but the way that it has just sounded from both chris sale and cora when they talk about it it just seems like they're being overly cautious um and it's kind of weird because i was listening to the radio talk about this and no one who calls why would you do that you always ask this i don't know (laughs) i just have it on um but like they, they were talking about how everybody that calls up was not concerned either and like those are the most reactionary people ever so something about this chris sale injury and the way he's talked about it has made all of us take a deep breath but at the same time like your ace who has historically fallen apart towards the end of the year is now on the disabled list uh for the second time in the month so like you, you can't feel good about it i think that's part of the reason people aren't worried is because everyone knows he kind of wears down towards the end of the year so everyone's kind of assuming that this is just the Red Sox trying to avoid that and have him 
like ready for October. So that might be wishful thinking and that might just be us like just hoping that's the case and just like trying to wish it into existence. But it seems plausible enough that I'm just going to choose to believe it. See, I have an issue with that, though. The issue here is if you were doing that, you would not have activated him in the first place and then put him back on the DL. If you wanted to get this guy like a huge chunk of rest, you would oh, have I mean, just I definitely kept him think on the there's DL. something going on with him. But I guess I think that if it was the playoffs, like, or if it was a tight race, he would be pitching, is my guess. I agree with that. I do think that. I'm just a little bit concerned still. Um, I don't know. I'm not like... Yeah, I, I mean, I there's no my... way you can't be concerned. I mean, it's Chris Sale on the DL. That's, yeah. There's at least some concern there, obviously. I'm going to put my level of worry at a 6. 6 out of 10. So hmm. 10 would be like, uh, you know, they just got like a dirty MRI back on him or something like that. And uh, 1 is like how we felt about Chris Sale a month ago. So that's I guess I'd at. say 4. Four. Okay. Um. What about Nate Eovaldi? Nate has sort of uh, turned back into the guy we kind of thought he was. Not that he's been bad, but he's been Mister two times through the order and then given the hook because third time through, not really cutting it. Yeah. He. Uh, I think I might write about this for tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe not. But he's uh, got to throw some off speed pitches because. It's sick that he throws a 97-mile-an-hour cutter, but when they know that only velocity is coming at them, I mean, it was very clear that Cleveland was just ready for it last night. They were jumping on everything early in the count because they knew they hitters can hit velocity now. And yep. So if that's all you're throwing, then even – I mean, if it's moving, you should still get some weak contact, and he did, but you, you, he has to mix in some more off-speed – Maybe uh, um, David should talk to him. Yeah, I don't think he has that changeup, but <laughs> I think Price's changeup is a lot better. But I think this is just another sign saying that he's going to be in the bullpen yeah. when October rolls around, and he'll he should be better in that role. Yeah, he should be sick out of the bullpen. That's uh that's an elite potential late inning option who can go multiple innings. So still kind of need something else even in the bullpen, but. It's not as important. Yeah, well, I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be going against the best guys in the playoffs, whether yeah. it's you know this team with Jose Ramirez and Lindor and guys that can crank on high velocity, or whether it's Aaron Judge or you know any of these guys, George Springer. It's Aaron Judge comes back. Yeah, if Judge comes back, that's that's fair. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, um, he had a really good rehab outing, and uh, he's gonna be back in the rotation. Probably sooner rather than later. When do you think he's actually going to come back? And what, what did you hear about his uh, rehab outing? Uh, well, he was awesome. And he felt good. He could have. They only had him throw four innings. Uh, but by all accounts, he could have kept going much longer than that. Um, yeah, he dom- it was double A. He dominated them. Um, he is making another rehab appearance on Monday. And I will be there. Nice. Um, and I believe, I don't know, this is from uh, Chris Cotillo, but he said that Christian Vasquez is going to be catching him. Oh, interesting. On Monday. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, but yeah, he's going to, I would expect him back September 1st. Okay. 
Um, yeah, that'll kind of give them a little flexibility not to mess with the roster at all. Yes. Yeah. Um, Vasquez switched masks. I saw that. Rehab. Yeah. What do you think that's about? I don't know. Um, what did he hurt? Uh, he hurt a finger. Yeah. And I'm so not sure, doesn't... like, why would it? Uh, he's so basically for, for anybody who doesn't anything. know. He switched from a regular catcher's mask to the, one of the hockey-style ones, and I don't know whether or not he's going to do that for games, but I assume if he's playing with it right now, he probably is. Maybe. I mean, are you just did you read something about it, or did you just see it on Nesson last night? I think I just saw it. Yeah, see, I did too. And, I mean, he might be switching to it. He might have just been playing around. Like yeah. He might have just been like, oh, let's see how I feel about this, and he might not stick with it. But the only thing I can think of is – I don't remember it, but maybe he got hit with a couple of foul tips uh, while he was playing, and he figured that he was resting. Maybe he would give this a shot because he was sick of getting hit with foul tips, and I would assume it um, hockey mask feels better in that respect. But. Yeah, a little bit more protection probably. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, just um, was just trying it out. Oh, Darwin's in her hand just got promoted to double A. Oh, nice. That's good. Um, so who do you think will get the, the bump out of the rotation when Eduardo comes back? Uh, well, right now, the Velasquez spot, for sure. The Velasquez spot, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What about when, um, Chris Sale comes back? What do you think, do you think that they're going to make that move with Eovaldi right away, um, to try and sure up the pen? Get him used to the role? I, I guess it depends when Chris Sale comes back. Because if sales back around the same time, beginning of September, I wouldn't be surprised if they could go six man, or even just like take turns skipping a guy to get uh, Price and Porcello some rest, and then uh, transfer Evaldi like with about two weeks left to get him. But um, I think ideally they would like to get Price and Porcello some rest before they get it to October. Yeah. That probably makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I'm just curious if they'll... What do you think uh, is going to happen to um, Brian Johnson? Do you think he's... Well, he he would be the spot starter to kind of get the rest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, do you think he has a place on the postseason roster, Brian Johnson? I would think so. I haven't really dug into the specifics yet, so I don't know if... But, I mean, just based on feel i mean he's done everything they've asked and he's done pretty well in all those roles i would think he's going to be on there but i'm going to say yeah without really thinking about it too much yeah i'm trying to reason through it here a little bit and i'm looking at the lefties and like i would obviously prefer him to pomerantz i don't think pomerantz is going to be on it uh if we think that eduardo rodriguez is going to be part of the rotation which we both do um they kind of need a lefty out of the I don't pen know that he would be that guy. Who, well, who do you think would be that guy? I don't know if they would have that guy. But I I mean, I guess he would I guess I think he would be the only lefty, but I don't really see him as like a loogie. Like I don't see him with I don't know, whatever lefty's coming up late in the game. No. And he's the guy. But it's just a different look anyhow, you know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of think he would be if somebody's struggling in the first inning, you get him up. You hope that he can get you, like, the fifth. He'd certainly be more desirable in that role than a guy like Pomerantz would. 
Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't seem like like Pointer and, and Robbie Scott are really in the mix at all. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get a lefty reliever. Um, Luis Avila from the White Sox, who's a pretty good. I mean, he's nothing special, but he's a solid lefty reliever. He got traded to the Phillies today, which means that the Red Sox could have claimed him hmm. because he was from an American League team, and right. they did So I think that is pretty telling of what they think about their need for a lefty is. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder uh, – I guess they're just okay. They've been rolling this way pretty much the entire season without I mean, really they having said, a lefty. So. They said, like, before the season started, they don't really think they need a lefty. And they've – done well without one i still would feel better with a lefty but i don't know i mean i think that the bullpen could survive without it i guess well a guy who could be coming back soon to add to that bullpen uh probably in september when rosters expand is uh steven wright Uh, he's been rehabbing he threw a couple innings the other day um he might be headed up i'm not sure if he's coming up to portland but he's gonna be making a rehab assignment soon i believe i just read that i can't remember where i read it um but cora has said that he's gonna head to the bullpen i mean that could be a guy yeah. who potentially depending on how he looks could take that long man spot for the playoff roster he could um yeah it depends it all depends on how he looks i mean a lot of, that's how a lot of this is going to be determined i mean we're talking about like the last spots on the playoff roster, so they'll probably just say whoever has the best September. But I think Brian Johnson would have the upper hand right now, just because he's done everything they asked, like I said. He's just been so damn solid. Like, he hasn't been spectacular, but he's just been really rock solid all year. Yeah, you don't, like, you don't see him on the mound and then see the game get away, like, right away. No. That hasn't really happened, so. Yeah, he knows how to pitch. Um, all right, so let's look at the bullpen a little bit as it stands right now. I want to focus not on the back end but on the top end here. What is your sort of feeling with how uh, Cora is managing the bullpen in high leverage situations? As you've watched games over the last couple weeks, have you seen any changes with who he's going to in high leverage situations? And sort of what's your gut on who he feels most comfortable with right now? I think Brazier and Barnes are neck and neck after Kimbrell, and I'm really surprised by that. I still feel better about Barnes, but I mean, I think those are definitely his two guys, and I think Hembree's still his guy with runners on base. And then everybody else is kind of like three notches below them. But I mean, I think Kimbrell, Barnes, Brazier, and Hembree are the big four. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I also think that if I had to choose between Thornburg and Kelly for – how much uh, trust Cora has right now. I think Thornburg has definitely been the guy to get the I think it's getting closer. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's looked good on a few occasions. He still looks bad every once in a while, but when Thornburg comes in and it looks right, uh, it looks like he could be someone who could be relied on in those late-inning situations. But Kelly's I was, looked better of late. He what, has, yeah. Whatever he, that's worth. He looked good yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I still... I don't know that I ever super trusted Joe Kelly, but I mean, I think those guys, unless Frazier falls apart in September, I mean, I think those guys are fighting for like the fifth spot. So it's not a huge deal. Yeah, I can 100%. Sixth spot, actually, because Evaldi would probably slot in. 
Buffalo. Yeah, I never trusted Joe Kelly. Uh, <laughs> Brazier, though. Um, Chris Smith had a really good article the other day, uh, Mass Live, on Brazier and his pitch sequencing. So just a little bit of a shout-out to what we were talking about on the program last week. That's kind of what sets him apart, is just that he's a smart dude with good stuff. So um, I'm pumped that he's in this role. And I actually... This is this might be weird, but I feel better about him right now than I have about Matt Barnes over the last couple of weeks, just based on alone. how they've both looked. Well, yeah, I mean he's definitely been Barnes, better than Barnes for the last couple of weeks. I guess it's just I would look at the whole season, yeah, over that. But I mean you're not alone. Everybody hates Matt Barnes. No, I mean I don't hate Matt Barnes. No, I I'm, know you don't. Hate I'm him. definitely team Matt true. Barnes here, but that I guess that just talks about how good Brazier's looked. Like, he, he's looked like a legit setup man. Yeah. Yeah, he has. I still... I don't know if I'm just never going to come around just, like, I'm stuck in this. And I definitely... That happens to me all the time. I just feel one way, and I just can't get my way out of it. I still don't see him... I really don't see him passing Barnes. I still kind of feel like he's going to fall out of that number three spot, too. But he, he hasn't given me any reason to feel that way. I should say that this is my own shit um looking to um those situations where men are on base where Cora does tend to go to Hembry um the last few times that he has gone to Hembry here he's gotten into a little bit of trouble with men on base do you think that he might be too soon to go to Hembry in that role in not going to other guys, whether it be Barnes or whether it be Brazier. It seems like he's sort of set into that because Hembry succeeded you know the last in that time, role. But do you know the last time Hembry allowed an inherited runner to score? When? Uh, August 5th against the Yankees. Do you know the last time before that? No. April 28th. Wow. So, I mean, he's been fine. He's had some rough outings. Yeah, I guess I've just seen him. He has only, I should, to be fair, he's only had two other outings since that one where he allowed an inherited runner. But um, he came right after the Yankees when he allowed two runs to score. He came in with two runners on against the Blue Jays and stranded them both. So he's been really good in this role all year. I really think Cora would have to see a lot to not trust him anymore. I wonder, but what's the benefit, though, to only using one guy in that type of situation? Because then that kind of locks you into only having, like, one guy you can go to when men are on base. Well, I don't think, I mean, we've seen Barnes. Barnes has been really good with inherited runners, too. We've seen him warming up. I don't think it's only a Hembry thing. I just think they haven't had a lot of situations, like, big situations with runners on base. And so Hembry's the first guy in line. And that's really been the only guy they've used. But I mean, it's clear Cora doesn't trust anyone as much as he trusts Hembry in those situations. Every time there's a runner on base, or like they think they might have to bring a reliever in the middle of an inning, it's Hembry warming up every single time. Yeah, I can't can't disagree with that, and can't disagree with uh, the results. So the numbers speak for themselves there. Um, in terms of how Cora has been using the pen. One of the things that stood out to me the other day was, um, and I think probably every, this stood out to pretty much everybody who was watching the game, but Porcello getting nailed by that pitch and then staying in the game for that next batter. 
I thought that was kind of nuts, and I did not understand at all why Cora decided to do that. Because at the time, I want to say it was Barnes who was ready to go. Like, I think it was Hembert. Maybe it was Barnes. I think it was Barnes. But, you know, either way, either either one of those guys is a guy you trust, right? And he is basically at 100 pitches at that point and had just been hit in the gut by a 100-mile-an-hour comebacker. And you let him throw? I just thought that was so stupid in so many levels. Um, you know, injury risk, uh, risk for what happened happening. Was that I don't think it was injury risk. No, I don't think so. He looked fine. He was, like, shaken up when it first happened, but he immediately got up. He looked fine. Um, I thought it was Greg Allen. Like, it was a number nine hitter. I was fine leaving him in. Porcello just made a bad pitch. You can't make that pitch. Um, I wouldn't have complained if he t- took him out, but I saw Porcello get up. He looked 100% fine to me. So I, at the time, I understood it. So I can't really say afterwards that I thought it was a terrible move. I didn't like it when it was happening, only because I think you're more likely to make a terrible pitch after being hit by a 100-mile-an-hour comebacker. Like, you can't tell me that you're just, like, totally fine after that. You know, something's going to be sore. Your adrenaline's pumping. No, but I mean... I mean, that's... You have to... They watched him throw warm-ups. He said he was fine. I mean, I think you kind of have to believe him. That's kind of in Cora's M.O. is that he's a player's guy. And if the player who has been, like, the durable, I'm going to go out there and give you six, seven innings every time, he says he can go... I guess he just let him go against the number nine hitter. If that was the identical situation in the playoffs, do you think he would have done the exact oh. same thing? Uh, well, I don't think he would have been pitching in that situation in the first place. But no, if he if it was the playoffs, there's no way he would have been pitching. No, okay. Playoffs so we, are different. We, we both agree that the surer move was to go to the pen at that point. Yeah. I, okay. Porcello wouldn't have been that deep in the game in the playoffs to begin with. Yeah, maybe so. But... You know, it's just, uh, it, it stood out a little bit. Core is pretty clearly trying to rest the key guys in the bullpen, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he did put Barnes down after he gave up that home run as well. Barnes, Hembry, Kimbrell, and Brazier have all had the last two days off, and Kimbrell and Brazier have had the last three days off. So, obviously, it's because they've lost, too. That plays a role. But there have been situations where, like, they're down by a run, and you would think, oh, maybe you go to one of the top four guys to keep it that way. And he's not. I think he's using it as a tryout for the other guys and also getting a chance to rest the big guns. Makes sense. I mean, with with a lead like this, you can you can do that a little bit. you got to make sure this thing doesn't keep getting smaller because they've lost a couple games to the Yankees the last two days. So that's always hard. I mean, it's, it's hard when you have another team in your division that doesn't ever lose um, to – kind of tinker with your team so. yeah and the yankees are dropping like flies too and they still won't lose i know that's that's chapman the thing that's today. ridiculous yeah chapman's knee uh sanchez is still out judge is going to be out for a longer period of time Didi's out with the heel i mean seriously they've got shane Matthew's robinson out. in the starting lineup right now it's crazy and it would be nice if, i mean just i mean they're playing the marlins so they're not going to lose tonight but it would be cool if they lost today yeah well, they've done. They almost lost that last night. They did. Uh, Pedro, did you see Pedro's tweet? Uh, I got a push notification, but I didn't read it. 
So Pedro basically tweeted out because he was watching the Yankees Marlins for some reason, and uh, he was just like, "This team has no sort of moxie or like will to to win. Like they just didn't have a killer instinct." He was just he's watching them and thought that they looked kind of like lackadaisical. I'm paraphrasing at this point, but um, it was nice to see a little Pedro shade on the Yankees. Just, uh, <laughs> that is nice. I like that. Yeah, during a little, little three-game losing streak, you know, I had to check it because after I saw the tweet, I was like, oh, Yankees must have lost. And then I go and look, and they won 2-1 to one in the 12th. But, you know, still uh, still good when Pedro's hating. Um, so I want to confirm our feelings on Sandy Leone here. I just saw – uh, stat today while I was reading that Sandy Leone has the best catcher ERA in baseball. Uh, it's a little over three. It was at, I think it was at 3.01 is what I saw at the uh, ERA. So I mean, yeah. that's a it's not a good stat, but Sandy Leone's really good. Catcher ERA is like I would argue it's way more influenced by the pitcher than the catcher, but Sandy Leone is very good. Yeah, I have never used catcher ERA before. Yeah, I was uh, a little weirded out that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I just saw it today, and it was just kind of interesting because I've always thought, like, you know, I wish there was some great way to measure that from what we're seeing, you know, game calling and and uh, just confidence and pitch framing and put that all in one mix that was reliable. I know we don't really have that right now, but um, – you know, it's just nice to see that even shitty stats are confirming that Sandy Leone's an awesome catcher. Yeah, he's fantastic, and he's going to catch every day in the playoffs, and I am good with that, even if he doesn't hit a lick, which he probably won't. But he'll he'll have a couple big ding-dongs. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Every time I think Leone gets all of it, it goes like 250 feet. <laughs> Come on, man. You're talking about love- Johnny Bench I- Leone here. I love Sandy Leon. He doesn't have that much power. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're uh, you're selling his muscles a little short. Give him a little bit of rest. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna he's gonna crack an important postseason home run, and then he's gonna he's gonna send you a selfie of him with the bat. It's gonna happen. Frame it. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Um, all right. Thoughts on the Paw Sox move to Worcester? Mm. Probably different than yours. I feel bad for Pawtucket more than anything. Why do you feel bad for Pawtucket? Because they've had the team for a long time, and now they don't. Not like the city, like the people that live there. Like, yeah. I don't care about like the municipality or whatever, but yeah. like Rhode Island people that live around there, I know what it's like. Like if the Sea Dogs got taken away, I would be heartbroken. That would never Like happen. even if I don't think, like if this ever happened and – like the city wanted to put up public money or whatever, I would vote against it, but I would still be bummed out if they left. Mm. So. Yeah, I feel bad for Paw Sox fans as well. Uh, they've had the team since 1973. McCoy's been there since 42, 1942. Um, so it's an old stadium. They weren't able to secure public money to you know get that done and agree on that, and it was a big fiasco. And Rhode Island politicians are notoriously not the best so i'm not 100 percent shocked that it uh, didn't happen but uh as a western native i am very very excited uh about this move because wister's never had affiliated baseball they've had the, the tornadoes. tornadoes which you know, a couple of those games. 
Yeah, I mean, that was okay baseball. It was independent league baseball, and now they have playing where uh, the Tornadoes used to play at Holy Cross. They have the Bravehearts, which is sort of a uh, college all-star team, Division One, Division Two guys that play there. So it's a completely different brand of baseball. Um, but they've never had, you know, any sort of affiliated team with the Red Sox. And even when they've had AHL teams, they had the Ice Cats and they had uh, the uh, Worcester Sharks. And um, both of those teams, the affiliates were the St. Louis Blues for the Ice Cats and uh, the uh, San Jose Sharks for the Worcester Sharks. So those affiliates weren't close. And because of those reasons, was the, the team left. So uh, Worcester's always been good at supporting these teams when they came out. Ice Cats were top four in uh, attendance while they were there. So uh, it's uh, it's good to see them get a nice facility. They're going to be building a brand new facility downtown the Canal District with um, you know lots of seating and nice concessions. So it's going to be good for for the city. And um, still shouldn't have given Larry Lucchino any money. Nobody should give Larry Lucchino money. <laughs> that is my opinion. Uh, Brian's going to have an article about the whole financial breakdown of uh, all this stuff. And then I'm going to have an article coming out about this as well, sort of talking about why they made the move to Worcester. Uh, so that was just a little sneak preview of that. But uh, I'm not going to have an article, exciting. but they need to uh, not be called the Red Sox. Yeah, this I don't know what they'll be called. To not be called. They're going to be called the Red Sox. I'm 100% sure about that. Well, let me but just clarify here, though, because – um, everybody's saying like, oh, Woo Sox, Woo Sox, what a bad name. But like, it's awful. That's not the official name though. Like, no, I know, but it's awful. There, I don't know what it is, but it's awful. Well, I, I, I'm friendly with the guy who runs the Woo Sox Twitter account, and uh, tell him it's bad. <laughs> sure, I'll tell him it's bad. But you know, um, I don't actually think it's that bad. But you know, it's it, whatever. It makes me think of the Woo Girls episode of How I Met Your Mother. And that's not a good episode of How I Met Your Mother. I mean, no. Who watches that show, Matt? That was a good show. No, come on. Save it for the How I Met Your Mother podcast, but that was a good show. <laughs> but I, I just want everybody to know that nothing's been decided in terms of, like, exactly what the name is. And they're more likely to go with just Worcester Red Sox than they are Woo Sox. That's well, it's the same as the Paw Sox. I mean, nobody thinks that's the official name. No, but, like, Paw Sox people say Paw Sox. People don't say Woo Sox. No well, one it's says only been that. a few days. <laughs> Right, I'm just saying. I think they're trying to make it a thing, and I don't think they should be trying to make it a thing. I don't think they're trying to make it a thing. I think it's conveniently branded already because when they were trying to get the team there, it was a thing, independently. I just think it sucks when uh, minor league teams like just use the major league name, and the Red Sox do that with two of their affiliates. Like, it's garbage. They should just have an original name. Um, the first uh, perfect game in uh, MLB history was thrown in Worcester in 1880. So maybe they could have a name that has something to do with that. Uh, Father of modern, modern Rocketry is from the Worcester area as well. They maybe could be the Worcester Rockets. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of team names they could have. So maybe Rockets they'll get something. you got to do something fun like the Rumble Ponies or something like that. Have some fun with it. The Paw Sox are called the Hot Wieners. Last week or something like that. So you, the minor league baseball is silly. Do something silly. I saw a dude walking around with a hot wiener shirt on uh, when I was getting a sandwich the other day in Waltham. It looked looked pretty cool. That is, that is a decision somebody made. I'll say that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a decision. choice. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. 
so I want to continue here with minor league ball a little bit because we haven't got a real chance to deep dive into the minor leagues uh, very much uh, recently. And to be honest, there hasn't been like a whole lot of great stuff happening in the minor leagues for the Red Sox. But you recently just saw Portland, so I wanted to see if you had any, uh, you know, takeaways from from the game you were at. Yeah. Um, so Portland's roster is awful. I'll say that right off the bat. They don't really have any exciting players except for Dahlbeck and Chavis. But those are two pretty exciting players. That was the first time I got to see Chavis, which is kind of unbelievable for how long he's been up. But uh, I love that dude. I'm all in on Michael Chavis. He, his approach was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And when he makes contact, it is... It makes a sound off the bat. Like, I don't want to be that guy who says that cliche thing, but I said it, and I believe it. So I'm in on Chavis. I think that he is the best prospect in the system. I don't think it's close. I think he's going to be a top 100 guy uh, next before next season, and I don't really have any doubts about it. Uh, Dahlbeck played a pretty nice third base. He did not have a good game at the plate when I saw him. Obviously, it's just one game, so I am not going to say that he's bad or anything, but I see the swing and miss, and I see that he is vulnerable to breaking balls. So, um, yeah, I think he – I can see in his build that he's a big He's a big dude. He's got – obviously, has the power. He's got to work on some things, but that was – obvious to everyone even before so uh biggest takeaway is that Shavis I'm in I love him uh over the last couple weeks Shavis has been smoking the oh, shit out of the ball yeah. <laughs> he's got like a 700 something slugging percentage over the last couple he should weeks. probably be Pawtucket he's he's done with double a but yeah they're uh, really the, the biggest difference between those two guys though is Dahlbeck's defense is a whole hell of a lot better than Chavis's would ever be at third base, and then Chavis's hit tool is a lot more advanced than Dahlbeck's. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chavis played first the day I saw him. He looked okay over there. His footwork's fine. Um, I'm still not sure if he has the size for that spot, but I think the bat's going to play. I don't know if he's ever going to play with the Red Sox. I kind of feel like they're going to trade him, but uh, I think wherever he plays, the bat is going to be definitely a major league quality. Who did you see for pitchers when you were there? I saw Kyle Hart. Okay. Um, I kind of liked him. I don't know if it's because I wanted to like him. Because he he was good. He's I don't think he's pitching in the majors. I'll say that. If he does, it's going to be a short stint. But uh, he doesn't have good stuff. But he mixed his pitches, and he commanded them pretty well. So, yeah. I mean, he was nothing special but i i've seen uh teddy stankovich pitch probably 700 times in my <laughs> life so i was just happy to not see teddy stankovich yeah it's nice and uh kyle hart's a lefty too so yes it's uh he'll live forever in the minor leagues even if he doesn't make the show um what about danny marsh did you get to see him yeah i uh I don't think he played. Yeah, he did play. He didn't really do much. I saw him. He's he's had kind of a bad year. I liked him a lot last year, but uh, he's kind of like one of those guys that I love 
where he doesn't have any power, but he's fast. He, uh, I'm reading Sox prospects scouting report on him. I think I like his defense more than they do. I think he can play center field. They don't seem to think so, but uh, I like his defense. He hits line drives and he's fast, so he's a guy I like. I don't really think he's a major leaguer, though. Tate Matheny's probably the better outfielder out of them. But he's he's the uh, Rule 5 eligible this year, too, so he might not even Danny be Mars? with the... Yeah, Danny Mars. I would be very surprised. He might... Even if he got drafted, I don't think he's making a roster out of spring training. No, he'd probably be returned, but, you yeah. know, something to watch anyhow. Um, I want to ask you, who do you think is more likely to make it to the Red Sox and actually play for the Red Sox for a significant period of time. Do you think it's going to be Dahlbeck, or do you think it's going to be Chavis? Uh, probably Dahlbeck, because he can play third base, and I guess uh, Devers has to move across the diamond, which I still don't think is super likely. But if that happens, Dahlbeck would be more likely to uh, play third, plus he's farther away, so they have, can wait longer to make a decision. Chavis is kind of like he'll be in the majors next year at some point. Um, but I think Chavis is the better player. I think Dahlbeck is a better chance of playing for the Red Sox for a while. I actually think it's going to be Chavis for some reason. I just think they're going to try and keep uh, Devers at third base for as long as possible. And I'm just not super confident that Dahlbeck won't be traded um, before he reaches the big leagues. I kind of think he will be. Well, he could be. I think Chavis could be, too. Everybody. I think Chavis could be, too. I just think that there's more... Um, I, I guess I just think that there's going to be a lot of excitement about Dahlbeck after the season that he's had, and he seems like a, a sell-high guy for Dave Dombrowski, whereas I think that Chavis' value still won't be as fully recovered as it might be next year after another season in the minor leagues. I don't know, man. I mean, I think among fans that might be true, but I think scouts that are walking, watching Michael Chavis right now are pretty damn excited because they're seeing that he's still the guy he was last year. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, I want to get to some other minor leaguers, though. Can you pick two guys? You cover you know, this stuff. You look at the box scores every single day. You read about these guys. Over the course of the year, two guys who you think increased their stock the most in 2018. Hmm. Um, I would say uh, not a lot of guys really increase their stock all that much. Well, Dahlbeck um, might be the most obvious one. Dahlbeck right? is the most obvious one for sure. I don't really mention him because we talked about him so much. But yeah, he's definitely raised his stock the most. I guess like Cutter Crawford would probably be – I think that's Another safe one. To say. Yeah, but he's still not that exciting. I mean, that's the thing. What about uh, Reyes? Denny Reyes. Denny Reyes. He's another guy. Scouts don't really like him as much as his numbers. Um, I'm super intrigued, but I can't really like get all that excited just because I've never seen him. So. What about uh, Jaron Duran? That might be a good name. Yeah, so I was going to mention him, but I don't know if he counts because he was just drafted. Yeah. He doesn't have stock yet. But where seventh, was he drafted? Fifth round? Sixth round? Seventh round? Seventh round. Seems to be performing pretty well for a seventh rounder. Hey, I love Duran. Um, 
he's another guy. I think the the numbers are definitely inflated compared to the scouting reports. Um, he's also another guy I've never seen. But I actually talked to some people about him, and uh, they think he is certainly exciting, and he's certainly fast. But like his power numbers are really being helped by bad defense. Yeah, in his speed. Yeah, he can take advantage of bad minor league defenses and take those extra bases. So I'm in on Duran. He's probably my favorite guy in the system just because he's, like I was talking about with Mars, he's my favorite kind of player. So I hope he does well. I'm just not sure. I just hope the hype doesn't build up too much because I think people are going to be disappointed. I think there's a lot of guys that have gotten better in the second half, like Tanner Houck, since they let him go back to his old style. That's yeah. been a lot. I hesitate um, to put much stock in that, that though, just because you kind of expect him to dominate that level as a first-round college pick, you know, going back to his original stuff that he succeeded with in the SEC. Yeah, but given how bad he looked early, it was just nice to see that there is some potential for him. Um, I'm waiting till next year to really form an opinion because I feel like he's one of those guys you have to see and he'll be in Portland next year assuming he doesn't get traded um, lower level Pedro Castellanos is a guy that has really helped himself in the second half he was kind of like a sleeper coming into the year he had an awful first half but he's a first baseman in Greenville and he's been hitting a lot better so um, the Red Sox have a lot of first basemen that don't hit for enough power. He's another one, but he's lower down, so he has more time to develop that in-game power at least. Yeah, the Sox prospects, guys, just to talk about what they think about him a little bit because they've seen him obviously a lot more than I don't. I haven't seen him. I don't know if you. I've seen never him. seen him. No, uh, he's, he didn't go to Lowell, so. They seem to think that uh, he needs to rebuild his swing if he's ever going to tap into that power because apparently he drives it into the ground frequently. That. So. That doesn't surprise me. That sounds like he's uh, got Sam Travis disease. <laughs> good disease to have. Yeah, it's definitely not good. Sam Travis has been better over the last couple of weeks, and we will probably see him uh, when rosters expand. So that's well, like, I mean, so he'll we'll definitely be up. I just hope we don't see him. Like ever, you really, you really don't like that guy. Poor Sam Travis. I, I don't think he's a good major league baseball player. No, I don't either. It's, it's my only opinion. All right, let's get to some listener questions here. We have a lot today, so we'll try and get through these quickly. Uh, Tim Hamilton asks, uh, we just lost three in a row. Please remind us that everything is going to be fine. Yes, we did that. Tim, everything's going to be fine. Yeah, everything's going to be peachy. Um, Next one comes from Be Careful, They Have Bear Mace. Uh, He says, I read on a gambler's blog, uh, batters facing us with the bases loaded have an abnormally terrible average. Do you worry our run has been mainly luck and will be exposed in the playoffs? Matt, what do you think? Mainly luck? No. Some luck? Obviously. That's baseball. Um, They have the second lowest BABIP against, with the bases loaded, Cleveland has the lowest. So Cleveland's worse than the Red Sox confirmed. The Red Sox also have the eighth highest strikeout rate which helps the batting average a bit. So. And elite outfield defense. Yes, yeah. elite outfield defense certainly helps. Um, no, I mean, they've obviously been lucky. Anyone who says otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. 
but it doesn't mean that it won't continue in the playoffs, and it also doesn't mean that it's been all luck. They're super talented. Also, that bullpen's going to get a boost from one of the starters moving to the pen. So. A huge boost. Yeah, so that could counteract anything there. Uh, Ski Chick says, I am now terrified of the Indians. Talk me off the ledge. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll do this. Uh, Indians, a very good baseball team. Uh, have not been a good defensive team this year. Um, you know, they have good pitching, a um, couple really awesome hitters. But one thing that I've noticed about the Indians is that they're just not a super deep lineup. Um, so uh, I think they'll get better when Edmund Encarnacion comes back. back today. He just got back. Um, so there you go. I mean, they're a good team, but I don't you think You should be terrified they... of the Indians is my take. You, you should uh, be terrified of every AL contender. See, we differ on this. I'd say you only be terrified of teams that are outright better than you, and no team is outright better than the Red Sox. Uh, if you watch you watch playoff baseball before, there's nothing more terrifying than playoff baseball. Well, yeah, you be terrified that's very of true. every playoff opponent. Yeah, that's fair. But don't be more scared of them than you would any other team. No, no, yeah. they are as good as the rest of the American League contenders, which is a very good group. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Otis Hart asks our next question. He says, the Cubs just traded for Daniel Murphy and now have like 10 infielders for four spots. Where would you like to see the Red Sox add redundancy? Matt, what do you think? Uh, bullpen, I guess. Would that count as redundancy? Yeah, I think so. Um, what about on the in the field, though? Outfield? I think that's that's where I thought. That's where I would go to initially is outfield. A fast outfielder. Yeah, I think uh, that goes back to the speed guy that we both kind of want. A guy who's got good defense and good speed. Who, you know, I don't even care about defense. Team. They don't need defense help. Just be able to run. Steal a base and score from first on a double. Yeah, I like that. Uh, next question comes from Andre Luis Martins, and he says, question for Jake. Imagine this situation. Oh, so good. <laughs> Price and JD became close friends, and Price says, I'm opting out. JD says, if you opt out, I'm opting out too. In this situation, do you still want David Price to opt out? Um, no. Uh, I thought you were going to say yes. I was going to yell at you. No, I... Anything that keeps J.D. Martinez on the Red Sox is okay with me, and I have to give David Price some credit as much as it hurts me to do because I think David Price is an asshole. Um, He has moved over to the other side of the rubber, and he has been throwing different pitches in different situations. He has looked really, really good, Uh, and he did pitch okay against the Yankees. So uh, Okay. Credit to him. He was really good against the Yankees, wasn't he? No. He Am I talking about my head? Yeah, he was. He was like completely average against the Yankees. He was fine. He gave up like three runs. Two runs, six innings. He was fine. I guess I was talking up a little bit, but he was still really good. He was. It seemed really good compared to what he did before. He shot people. Up, I'll say that. Yeah, and he's looked. He's looked good. So. Uh, our own Mike Carlucci asks our next question. Uh, he says, can slash will MLB crack down on resting players via the DL? Um, unless players complain, not really. Yeah, I don't see much that they could do about this right now. Like, 
how would you prove that it wasn't actually an injury? Well, I think you have to go through a neutral doctor, but I mean, it's not hard to find injuries for guys this time of year. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, I mean, everybody's banged up, right? No one feels 100% right now. It's a matter of players complaining about it, and if players don't complain about it, then it's just the way it's going to be. Um, next question comes from Will Wickwist, and he says, who makes the playoff roster, Swihart or a healthy Vasquez? Who are you going with in this situation? I know I'm rolling with Swihart. Yeah, I don't know. I think it depends a lot on what happens in September. And... I'll, okay, let me put it this way. If they trade for a pinch runner, mm-hmm. I'll say it's Vasquez. If they don't, I'll say it's Swihart. Because they do view Swihart as a pinch running kind of guy. I think it's going to be Swihart because I think that he gives the team more versatility. Um, they clearly think Leon is the primary catcher now. He's shown that. Um, Swihart has a better bat. They clearly have used his bat in situations to pinch hit and things like that. He also has moved around the diamond a bunch, so I think that the combination of the bat, being able to play different places, and that he's shown he has more than passable defense at catcher uh, makes him the more valuable guy for the postseason. I guess I would just say that he hasn't been hitting super well lately, but he also hasn't been playing that much lately. Yeah, he's barely had an EP too. Yeah. Um, next question comes from Kings uh, JD slash Brock twenty twenty. That'd be a good ticket. Uh, he says, uh, "When is Pointer coming back? September first, right?" Um, might even be later. I don't know when the Tucket season ends, but uh, they got to keep some guys down until that season ends. So, Pawsox end on the third of September, yeah, so and I wouldn't not be surprised. Playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't until the fourth. You got to have some guys though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, JP. Asks our next question. This is an interesting lineup one, Matt. Uh, it says, does it make sense to move Mookie to the second spot? Stat heads say your best hitter should hit second. What about a lineup of Benny, Mookie, JD, Xander, Moreland slash Pierce, Kinsler, Nunez, uh, Leon, and uh, JBJ? I like that lineup better. I don't think it makes that big of a difference. I think people overrate lineup order a lot. Unless you're like really fucking it up and putting like Mookie 6th and JD 8th or something crazy it doesn't make that big of a difference and at this point I think Mookie's probably comfortable in the leadoff spot and so you just keep him there yeah he's been the best hitter in baseball in the lineup spot uh, so I wouldn't move it right now Um, yeah I don't know I don't know if uh, Benny would be as good as he's been at a leadoff spot I do think the leadoff spot is a little bit of a mentality switch. And clearly Mookie is very comfortable with that. Um, so I think that it might actually be a harder place to hit, um, which in that case I would be in favor of keeping it the way it is. See, I don't know. This is another reason I think it's overrated. It only matters for one inning. After that, it's just like any other spot. That's true. Yeah. But over a course of a season – that guy's yeah. going to get more at-bats than anybody else. Yeah, for sure. But we only have a month left in the season, so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think either of these lineups would be great. But, yeah, the, he's definitely right about that. Second hitter batting second. And I think the Angels do that with Trout, don't they? 
Yeah, I think a lot of teams do that. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm pretty sure cleanup is a better spot than third, statistically speaking. Oh, so I think you would put JD just because the third hitter comes up a lot with two outs and nobody on in the first inning. Hmm. So you'd rather have them lead off, which is more likely. But again, not a huge difference either way. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question comes from uh, Paul Doran, and he says, It's well documented that the best play is the score runs play. What is the second best play in the Red Sox uh, hand playbook? The prevent runs play. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, almost as good. Yeah, I think – well, what's your ideal prevent runs play? Let's talk about that for a second. Do you like it better when Sale strikes out the side for the prevent runs play, or do you like it better when JBJ makes an otherworldly catch in the outfield and then, like, doubles someone off? Oh, give me the defense. Yeah, me too. Sure. Uh, <laughs> especially with this outfield. Yeah, it's, it's it's so good to watch this outfield. Um, it, we're so spoiled by this outfield too. Boston has never had an outfield like this, ever. Like since I've been a Red Sox fan, they have never had an outfield even well, remotely this athletic. Most of the time, I've been a Red Sox fan, Manny Ramirez is in left field, so they definitely never had an outfield like this. Yeah, but even like when you think of other positions, like you know, right fielders, they've been good, but they haven't been like Mookie Betts. That dude no. just runs. It's, it's yeah, awesome. It, it's fantastic. Uh, we have two more from Andre Luis Martins. We'll uh, hit these together. He says uh, he wants us to bring Matty Matty 2000 uh, back on the show. Uh, that's Matt Corey. We have had him on the show a bunch. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll make a point to get Matt back on the show. Matt's a great guy, as long as it's not with Brian, because Brian uh, and Matt had a <laughs> – I missed that one. Yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, next question, he says, do you think Stephen Wright has any chance of starting a game in the playoffs? When he's on, he's almost unhittable. I think he has zero chance of doing this, and Cora said he's going to the pen. I think things would have to go really shitty if... Somebody has to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're not going to be relying on him. Um, KPN Hero uh, asks our next question. He says, uh, are there any minor league pieces to keep on the radar for this expanded roster that we haven't seen in the majors this year yet? We got this one last week, uh, and I think we talked about Lakins being the guy. Do you see anybody else at this point? Although we haven't seen, we haven't seen Shepard. He's on the forty man, so okay. I assume he'll. I don't know if he'll pitch, but he'll be in the clubhouse. And uh, he doesn't really fit the mold of probably what this questioner is looking for. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Brandon Phillips up either. Okay, a couple dudes. That dude. Uh, Dean uh, has... Some Mike Schwarren speculation, too, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Dean has our next question. He says, will we get a lefty reliever in the next 10 days? Matt, you think definitely not, based on what uh, we saw from them not claiming that lefty. Yeah, I think Luis, the Luis Sevilla thing spoke volumes. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they add anything to the team uh, other than potentially a runner, and I don't even think I don't they think... do that. No, they said, well, Cora said they don't need him, which he doesn't really have any reasons to say otherwise. But He said they don't need shit. Look at our record. <laughs> um, he actually called out Swire specifically when he said why they don't need him. My boy right there. Love it. Love the confidence. I don't think Swihart's that guy. Um, Swihart is that dude. 
number two. The new and improved, healthy, younger one. Uh, Riggi Pidgey, or I don't know. How the hell do Holy I say sh- that, Matt? Uh, hold on. Edwin Encarnacion just blasted a fucking home run. Um, Riggi Pidgey? Yeah. Is that how we say it there? I think so. Okay. Are we actively trying to trade for anyone? Uh, blah, blah, blah. He talks about Herrera, and he says he'll listen and hang up. Uh, we both think no, and Cora says no, so probably not. I think they would love to get Herrera. There's a 0% chance Herrera would make it to them on waivers. Yeah, I agree with that. Even with a bum shoulder that he's dealing with right now, there's no way. You'd have to go through every team in baseball. That's just like uh, Next one, Nano. He says, are the Sox doomed? I'm worried they're doomed. No, they're not doomed. You're doomed if you keep thinking like that. <laughs> uh, last question comes from Tyler Dalton. He says, will we ever win again? Yes, we'll win tonight. No. The Red Sox, we're all going to die before the Red Sox win another game. That is my bold prediction. All right. I like it. That is very on brand for Matt. Uh, So we'll end with that. Um, If you enjoyed the show, go on, uh, subscribe to the show, rate and review us. uh, iTunes and Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can subscribe there. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Over the Monster account at at Over the Monster. You can follow myself on Twitter at, at DevJake. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattRYCons. And uh, we will be with you next week at that same time. So thank you for the questions, guys, and uh, we'll be with you again.